Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hello, compassionate caregivers. I'm Martha Tyler, and together with Katie Anderson, we are the hosts of the Compassionate Caregiver Podcast. We believe that the most profound impact we can have on the lives of children is by supporting, educating, and caring for the people who care for those children. And that is you. Welcome, friends. This week, we are going to be talking about being a caretaker with a chronic illness, which is something that I guess like my ableism, like I haven't really thought about very much. And so I was so glad when this guest reached out to me and uh, and asked me if she could come on the podcast. And seriously, like if you are listening and you have the thought that you want to be on the podcast, please reach out to me because I love it. And to talk about caretaking with a chronic illness, I have brought on Anna Nunez. Hello, Anna. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It is so wonderful to have you. This has been a while in the making. Um, yes. Yes. Thankfully, you reached out and then we had something set up and then you had COVID, which sucks. <laughs> I had a I had a not chronic illness for once. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, but now we we are here and I'm so excited to talk with you today. We made it. Thank you. Yeah. I was saying earlier that I am so thrilled to be here and it was so nice to hear your voice because it's like so familiar and comforting because I've been a a listener for a few years and, and I reached out and I got a spot and now I'm excited. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, (laughs) okay. Before we like start really talking about it, although I'm sure that the chronic illness will be part of your journey. Um, but mm-hmm. I would love to hear um, your nanny journey. And I would love to tell it. Awesome. <laughs> um, so I went to a summer camp in Wisconsin as a kid. And then when you hit age 15, you have to decide if you want to work there because um, you sort of aged out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so I worked there or volunteered and then um, went back every year until I think I was 22 and became a, a senior staff member and like helped with the, the curriculum and um, program coordination and those kinds of things. And then when I got home, I was working at a restaurant and retail and I did love what I was doing, but I was like, I want to play with kids still. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> but where did that? yeah, it was like, how do people do that? And somebody was like, oh, you should be a nanny. And I thought in my head that this was like, only like, you know, estates have nannies or like, I didn't know it was like attainable. Um, and I became a nanny. I worked with a few different families and then settled on a long-term family and it was great. And then when I, I, I finished college, I have a biology degree. I worked in, I worked in that field for a while, um, actually in the cancer realm. Mm. And then I just was missing the fun. I mean, I felt really rewarded and like fulfilled, but I just wasn't enjoying myself and I'm such a goofy, like lighthearted person. And I want to be able to have that, like express that in my day to day. Right. So I was like, I'm going to figure this out. And then if I go back into that world, that's fine. And then I never did. 
<laughs> I fell in love with my nanny family. I fell in love with like my life, being able to go outside and and things like that. And it was just delightful. So I'm here and we'll see where it goes. Yeah, I love that. Um, what a cool, I, I just, I love asking that question because I think like everyone's nanny journeys are so fascinating because uh-huh. it is something, it's becoming more mainstream, I guess, to like understand a little bit more about nannying. But I think uh-huh. a lot of us have had that impression, like that it's, it's this thing for like the top, like yeah. one percenters, you know, and like mm-hmm. that there aren't that many of us out there and there's so many of us out there. Right. Yeah. And I think, um, I think the people who like you, this podcast and other people either on Instagram or just like doing the footwork are responsible for that because how would we know if people aren't speaking up from where they are? And I love the internet because yes. if you want to type, cause I think that's what I did when I started nannying again, I was like, I'm going to jump all the way in and I'm going to listen to podcasts and read books. And like, cause I, I started with a, an 11 week old baby who's oh. now three. Yeah. Um, but I was, I wanted to, like occupy that downtime when he's snapping or like I'm cooking for him and he's not talking yet. And I wanted him to hear a uh, dialogue that wasn't just like baby talk. Yeah. And then I got into so many, uh, like your podcast really was along with me for that ride. Aww. And then it went into so many other podcasts and shows and all of this. And like, we just all need to keep doing that. And then I ended up doing it. Now I have an Instagram. So it's, I just think it's going on a really good trajectory and, and only good things will come. Yes. And, uh, I would love for you to shout out your Instagram and then everyone who's listening, please know it's down in the show notes for you. Yay. So it's called red pepper childcare. Um, and the, the theory, my philosophy behind that is that, well, red peppers are like my favorite food, first of all. Um, But like they're sweet and they can be spicy. And I feel like that's how I am because I'm always going to be kind. But if you're passing a boundary as the child, I'm not going to let you do it. And I don't care if you get mad. Like we're going to figure it out. So it's like always, I think my bio says like always kind, always goofy or something like that. And that's just, that's who we are. Yes. I was going to ask. So I'm glad that you went ahead and said, I was going to be like, where did the name come from? Yeah. Um, I like when people ask, so I didn't write it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, great. I love that though. And that is like that positive discipline, kind yet firm is like Mm -hmm. the sweet and the spicy. I, Oh, I love it. That's awesome. You just have, I mean, I think like all it, this isn't what this episode is about, but those boundaries and being firm, it's like you with all of my experience over the years and with like my background in taking child psychology and other biology, because we're very similar to all mammals, by the way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> when you see a dolphin performing these amazing things, they only use positive discipline. Oh. Um, so you know, they don't use shame or sit in the corner or whatever it is. And every parent is different. I'm not parent shaming. Telling but... <laughs> a dolphin to go sit in the corner is like right. Can you imagine? laugh really hard? Think like, about what you did for two minutes. <laughs> yeah, go over there, dolphin. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't like everything that I do is backed 
by science because that's what my degree is in and shockingly they it, they intersect um but yeah I think that is like so so important and that sneaks into any topic could be in any podcast episode and I think it's it's all just like everyone needs to be treated with kindness especially children and once you do that then I think it's a good foundation for moving forward completely agree mm-hmm. and I also I know like we have several episodes about boundaries, but I think that boundaries are extra important when you have a chronic illness. Mm-hmm. Like, can you speak to that of like boundaries with yourself and boundaries with your nanny family and nanny kids? Like we can take those one at a time, but like, yeah, I think those boundaries are going to be extra important. Yes. I think so. I'm 31. This this year, uh, maybe like last year, um, I decided that I, I'm going to have to be boring sometimes mm-hmm. because I can't physically get up. So like my chronic illnesses, I have chronic migraine. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, I laugh. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have irritable bowel syndrome. Uh-huh. Um, and then I have non-confirmed because you can only confirm it surgically endometriosis. Uh-huh. Um, and they're all so, so different. Yeah. Um, and so my, my boundaries that I've made with myself are like, I'm going to have to cancel whatever this plan is that I have to do today. And I'm going to just lay, I'm going to do whatever. I'm not going to push through because I've been pushing through for 31 years and it hasn't worked. Um, Or like, I'm just going to use the illness as the excuse because it is, and I don't need to make it sound better. um, And I just need to like lean into that. And even if, the resting or maybe having a heating pad or whatever it is. Cause a lot of them, um, there is no solution. Like I can right. take meds, but they usually just don't work. So if it doesn't work, okay. But I tried and I did the thing of resting my body. Um, yeah. So that is really hard because it seems boring. Like it, right. and it ties in with turning 31, like, Oh no, now I'm old and boring and I don't go out. But like, I was going out before and just in pain or miserable yeah. or like couldn't really do what I was doing to its full effect anyway. Um, so that's with myself. And then I would say with my nanny kids, I am just now holding boundaries with that mm-hmm. um, because Sam, he's three. He always wants to play monster trucks and he wants me to run around. And sometimes if I have a migraine or if I'm having endo pain, um, I can't get up and run around. Right. Um, and it's so sad to see his disappointment, but I have to remember it's also important for him to experience disappointment. I can't yeah. give him everything he wants at all times. So it's almost a good thing. <laughs> it, it's not almost a good thing. It's absolutely a good thing. Yeah. But it's so hard. I think it was last week He we were playing and we're playing forever. Like we were playing yeah. for a long time. And I still felt bad. Like, oh, no, babe, I'm sorry. I need you to 
you know, run a lap and I'm going to sit for a minute. Yeah. And then I got a little better at it. And the other day I said, I just, I don't want to do that right now. Like I'm going to sit here and I don't want to do that. But if you want to do that, that's awesome. Um, and I just kind of like, I think I was drinking, I forgot I was drinking, but I was just like sipping and having a nice time and it was great, but yes. it's hard. All of these things are hard to start. And once yeah. you start, it becomes like, you just have to fake it till you make it. Yes. Yes. And I think it's extra hard to, and I'm going to bring it back to the family piece Uh too, because I think it's extra hard as nannies sometimes, although I know like mom guilt and mom shame is very real too, but as Mm -hmm. nannies, it feels hard because it's like, we're getting paid to play with the kid. And then if we're like sitting on the couch, I don't know, sometimes that like inner saboteur can get to us um, in a way because yes. it's like, well, this is my job is to get up off the couch, but it's not actually our job. That's a lie. Uh-huh. Right. Our job is to like care for the child, not entertain the child, care uh-huh. for the child. So, yeah, I think that is like, that is something that has been in this week in particular, I think, because, um, we, so our, my nanny house is under construction. It's almost done. Um, but there's always someone around. Yeah. Um, and then the parents work from home and I love them to pieces and I know yes. they'll listen to this. So, yeah. hey guys, <laughs> um, I love you so much. Um, but there's always that there is that feeling of feeling on, which mm-hmm. is fine. This is my job. Like I should feel on. And I, right. I feel on even when I'm by myself, right. but, um, when I'm sick, there's that feeling of, of either like calling out the sickness, like, mm-hmm. Hey, I just want you to know, I have a migraine today. So we're going to be chill. Or if you see me like, you know, sitting down or whatever, um, that's why that's happening. But I think a lot of people are too, embarrassed or shy or whatever to say that. And then they're just pushing through and especially for a migraine, that'll make it last longer. So now they're day five, still kind of doing what they think is an inadequate job. And they're not, I'm sure it doesn't look like that, but it's like, we're all in our head and the communication is like key. So I guess we're going into the family. Um, you need to, I just, I wish that someone gave me this sort of piece of advice when I was younger, but, but I wasn't communicating. So they wouldn't have known that, that I needed it. Um, But to communicate and say that you're in pain and say that even if it's emotional because of whatever you're going through. um, But like life is too short to be shy if you can avoid it. Like if you have those characteristics and that's comforting to you to do that, that's fine. But maybe find an advocate in your life that can help you kind of push through that. Because once people understand, they're able to help you more and you can't always just help yourself and like pull yourself up by your bootstraps in those situations. That expression, I think does a really (laughs) good job because it was invented to say like, it's impossible to do. And now everyone like, (laughs) like culturally we have started using it as this thing that we're supposed to be doing. And that's like the opposite of what that expression is meant to say. It's crazy. I mean, it's, we're in a whole society of go, go, go do as much as you can. The daylight is running out and it's, it's like, 
I was actually just talking about this with friends the other day, not even professionally, but it's exhausting. And I think we all need to like be really good about taking breaks and maybe taking breaks looks way different to you than it does to me. Some people nap, some people are doing a hobby that doesn't look like a break at all, but we have to incorporate those into the day or like we're burning out by 11 AM and you can't come back. Like there's, you can't just keep having coffee. No, <laughs> let no. me tell you. Cause I've tried <laughs> me too. not coffee. Cause I don't drink it, but like, yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of tea. <laughs> and like, yes. Yeah. It doesn't work. And then in addition to um, the, the migraine situation with IBS, it's more just awkward. Like, Hey, I have to run to the bathroom right now. or I'm going to poop my pants. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think it helps like being goofy with children. Cause you can be like, Oh, I'm going to poop my pants. <laughs> I have to run away. Um, yeah. but I think like what, how I w- work with those boundaries is I've I'm just like very outgoing and I'm not shy and I'll tell people and I'll tell them up until I can tell that they don't want me to talk about it anymore. Uh Um, But sometimes if I'm, if you don't want to talk about it, you can just say, I have a chronic illness. Um, It is acting up today. I'm having a flare up. And if I have a moment where I have to excuse myself, this is what I'm going to do to keep the kids safe. Like we ended up getting a little playpen um, for the construction, but it works for this too. Like I have to go to the bathroom and she's either coming with me or she's going in the playpen. If you as the parents don't care that she comes with me because she's eight months old, then fine. But like, just so you know, yeah, this is happening. And we have such an intimate job that like, maybe they don't care and that's fine. And we have that kind of situation, but I know that's not, I'm not saying like, take your children in the bathroom. Right. Right. Well, I, I just was visiting with one of my former nanny families, my like last nanny family. So Uh the kid is still very young. Um, they have three boys, but, uh, two and a half is the age of like my little guy that I spent the most time with. And, um, I went to the bathroom and I was like, (laughs) I think that this is the first time that he has not come like demanded to come into the bathroom with me that I've like peed in the house without him in here. So it's a feat. (laughs) It is. It is. And it was only because his older brothers were like actively distracting him in that moment. I was like, (laughs) yeah. Wild, yeah, so. but in in that situation, sometimes you're in there and then you realize or if they're getting older and you're like, oh, I can leave them. But right. then because I've done this before where I'm in there and I can't come out. Right. <laughs> I am in there. for a while, yes. And I think like, oh, no, is this are the handles off the stove or, you know, right. like, oh, no, is the fireplace button like nearby or is the door locked or whatever it is. So the way that I've been able to like comfort myself is as soon as I get in the house, I set up those things. So like Uh, I make sure the baby gate is locked. I make sure there's not a towel on the stove or um, like something heavy, like leaning, you know, off the countertop or something like that. Um, And it was kind of like, it it was tough in the beginning, but it's easier than dealing with the repercussions if I didn't do that. So it became second nature 
Um, but yeah, just setting yourself up for success and trying to communicate as much as possible and setting those boundaries. And they don't even have to be early. Like a lot of people say, set the boundaries early because it's harder. It's not. Your chronic illness changes. Sometimes it gets better. Sometimes it gets worse. Sometimes it gets different. You have different symptoms, but nobody's going to know that unless you communicate it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I, I love that idea of like the safety check at the beginning of the day, mm-hmm. like really, yeah, preparing and setting yourself up for success. Um, and I also love what you just said about like the fact that even if you have had, even if you have set boundaries, like, and been really uh-huh. good about it, and then the chronic illness changes or like presents itself in a different way and you just have different needs on any given day. Like your communication is just going to be a part. I mean, it's, I talk about all the time on the podcast. Like (laughs) it's like the, the most important ingredient, I think, in working Mm -hmm. with a nanny family. Yeah. I think, um, the way that another thing, I mean, I'm, I have to preface again that I'm so lucky and I love them so much and they're great and communicative and like super receptive to anything that I've ever said really. Um, but even like, I think people in general in life are afraid of taking up space, whether that's emotional or physical. And I think physically in a nanny house, because it's like you have food in the fridge and you have your stuff by the door and your shoes and whatever. And I've just found places to put all my stuff. Like Mm -hmm. I have have ice packs in the freezer. I have a heating pad somewhere. Um, I have like a different outfit at all times in case like what I'm wearing is uncomfortable or maybe I get bloated from IBS or endo or whatever it is. Um, But it's like, hey, I I mean, it would be I think you have to think when you have a chronic illness, like I have a need, I'm in pain or I'm uncomfortable or whatever. And I'm going to voice this to someone. How crazy would it be for them to say no? Like, it's not a crazy ask. It's like, hey, can I put this in your freezer? Sometimes I have a migraine, have to put an ice pack on my head. Why would they say no? (laughs) But we get in our heads like, oh, I don't want to inconvenience or overstep or take up space. Right. And just take up the, it's taking up the space anyway, whether you're going to address it or not. Right. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of, um, being it uncomfortable and like putting yourself out there, but those things don't get easier unless you practice them. Right. Right. And like, kind of to go back to the very beginning of this little conversation, part of the conversation is like, it does get easier as you practice. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that that has been kind of one of the most surprising things to me about like, my learning to set boundaries journey is like when I first started or whatever you want to call it, like being more communicative, like being your full self at all times, all of that good stuff. But when I first started, it was terrifying. And like every time, like my hands would sweat and my heart would race. And then like (laughs) each little step towards it. And each time that either, because not with nanny families, but in my life, either they would respond in a wonderful way that I actually got my needs met (laughs) or they wouldn't. And I'm like, great, this is great information because now I know you're not going to show up for me in the way that I need you to. 
Yeah. And you know, now rather than finding out later, maybe when you, when you needed it the most. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So yeah, I think that, um, I wanted to just highlight that because I think it's really important for folks to keep that in mind that it does, it does get easier and you're not going to be good at it overnight. (laughs) Yeah. I I would say that it's incredibly rare to be good at something you you're doing for the first time. Like those stories Mm -hmm. you hear of like, Oh, it was beginner's luck. I, I bowled for the first time and I got a strike. Like that is so rare that if everyone quit, I mean, there are such incredible things that people do, like things in the Olympics, climbing mountains, art, training animals. Like there's so many things, but if everybody quit the first time they did a bad job, there would be no incredible things happening. Like, yeah. And like advocating for yourself is so hard and uncomfortable. Like, I don't think it's supposed to be easy because it is so difficult. It's weird. And it happens in any relationship at all. Like, yes. I use the same, you can use them everywhere. The same strategy with a boss, with a toddler, with your partner, you can use the same ones. Um, but like you literally can't improve that process if you don't talk about it, practice it, think about, you know, like hear it from other people's perspectives. So to get down on yourself for really anything, but for that is, (laughs) is just like kind of a wasted exercise. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. I am also curious about like journeying out into the world. Like, mm-hmm. have you been out and about with your nanny kid? And cause you have one nanny kid, right? I have two. Oh, two. Yeah, yes. yeah, Little boy is three uh-huh. and a little girl is, um, she's just a little bit past one. Oh, I love those ages. They're like <laughs> some of my favorites. Um, so when you are out with them, if like you get a migraine or like IBS strikes, like when you're Mm -hmm. out, like, how do you handle that? Um, I'm trying to think if, um, so with a migraine, they are, they're usually like, I know when they're coming because they go along with my cycle. Oh, okay. Um, So you can kind of plan. yeah, if we were going to go out and about, I just wouldn't if it was during that time. Right. Um, or if it was like right before, but with IBS, there's like some medication that you can take, which also I didn't know this until super recently. So it's mm. even like communicating with your doctor. Yeah. Or like, Hey, this is my normal. Is this norm? Like, is this my normal forever? Or like, is there something I can do when I want to go out and about? So there's like medication that you can take before you go out and about that. If something does happen, even if you're feeling fine before you leave, you can prevent that. Um, but I don't think there's been, oh, that's not true. There has been a few moments. So we're really, really lucky that we live across the street from a park. So we were at the park and I was like, we have to go right now. And he didn't want to go. Um, and I was like, I understand that you're feeling upset, but we're leaving right now. And I can explain it to you as soon as we get back and then making sure that you actually do that. Because if he doesn't get, even if you think like, he's not going to remember we're home already, um, 
you have to like follow through with those things because you're their earliest or any parent or caregiver, whoever is the earliest representation of do people follow through with what they say? Yes. So, Hey, I have to go. This is going to, this is going to be not fun for the next 10 minutes. Cause I'm going to drag you out of the park. Right. Right. <laughs> but it's either that, or we're going to have a really uncomfortable situation. So I think it's again, like, not worrying about the optics of it. Like this is going to look like I'm the bad nanny dragging the children out of the park, but right. I know that I'm not a bad nanny and right. the nan- my nanny family knows I'm not a bad nanny. And if, if that happened, I'd probably say, Hey, we were at the park today. I had to drag them away. Cause I had a flare up. Um, if you ran into like a neighbor or something and they told you, I promise it wasn't bad. <laughs> right. Right. But that's another thing with how you're saying communication is in like every episode, because if let's say I didn't say that and then a neighbor saw the mom and was like, hey, I saw this happen. She doesn't say anything to me. We both have this weird misunderstanding happening. So it's sort of like I'm an over communicator anyway, but it has helped me out a lot in so many situations. Yeah. Yeah. And that is really lucky that the park is right across the street. That's so helpful, I imagine. Yeah. If we weren't, I will be honest and say that like we we wouldn't be going anywhere. And that's that has to be my boundary. And the way that I've sort of combated that is I have tried to find as many stimulating activities, but stimulating like different parts of the brain, whether they're creative or learning or or comfort like we've yeah. done like bath time in the winter Aww. because we can't go swimming or whatever so like being as creative as possible and you don't even have to be you could just pinterest it or google yeah. it or instagram yeah. um like creative activities where you can sit down yes <laughs> those yes. kinds of things um or they can play doctor and bring you the ice pack oh, um yes. so it's like I have a flare up. We can't go anywhere. So we're going to play near the bathroom or we're going to play in the dark. So we do shadow puppets or you just have to like find whatever activity. And there are so many goofy, weird people on the internet that are going to provide them for you. <laughs> yeah. One of my, I had uh, twins that I nannied for towards the beginning of my career and they loved playing get cozy yeah. <laughs> and they would just like get all the blankets in the house and we would take turns just putting blankets on top of each other. Yeah. On the floor and just put blank. I was like, this is the best game. Yeah. <laughs> I love this great. so much. And Thank they you. want it like it was child led, like they wanted it. So I was yeah. like, great. Yeah. My little guy likes um, to play Santa. So oh. he says, Anna, that's how he says my name. Anna, you lay down and close your eyes. Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> like, well, but he's having a blast. It's not like I'm doing that and he's saying, please open your eyes. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's fine. And then obviously I think I think with this goes for anything and really any job. Um checking in, not just during like formal meetings, but saying like, hey, I wanted to check in with you and make sure that the way this is working for me is working for you. Because if you do want me to do more of something in particular, I can let you know if that's possible. If it's not possible, I can give you an alternative of what we can do. Um, But I want to make sure that everyone's getting their needs met because I'm sick. (laughs) Right. Yeah. 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 That makes so much sense. Um, 
Yeah. What would be, I mean, we've kind of already touched on it, but like, what, what would be like the biggest piece of advice if somebody is out there listening and they're like, I'm a caregiver and I have a chronic illness and uh-huh. I have been struggling with it. Like what, what would be a big piece of advice that you would want to like, Oh, a, a too long. Didn't read too long. Uh-huh. Didn't listen type of thing. <laughs> um, I think I love that question. I think my answer is that you, you absolutely have to take care of yourself. It seems like an option and it's not an option Mm -hmm. because you'll get to age 31, age 45, age 20, whatever seems old to you, (laughs) you'll get to that age. You'll still be sick if it's chronic. It's not, where is it going? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like making names. (laughs) Yeah. It's not going anywhere. Make your doctor's appointments. Mm -hmm. Do not put them off because sometimes you'll find a super easy solution that you didn't know. Change doctors if you're not getting anywhere. Um, And then always make time for those things because if you don't, they're going to catch up to you and you won't be able to choose when you do that. So if that looks bad and you, you need to tell your nanny family, my illness is getting away from me, I'm going to have to start making some appointments. You know, if that doesn't work for you, I can help you find some backup care or like sometimes you have to part ways. Unfortunately, I'm lucky that we have not had to do that, but if that's what has to happen so that you can be healthy and taken care of that, there's no choice. You have to do that. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's okay. It's, it's terrible, but it's okay. If that happens, maybe you need to find a nanny family who's more flexible or the nanny family needs to find someone who's less flexible and find that compromise, but you can't bend yourself and your health to, to be that person. You're not, we love to be, to think we are, but we're not superheroes. No, we're not. (laughs) We're not. We are humans. And I think that I think that's the most crucial piece too, because what a wonderful example to set for children. Mm -hmm. Uh, cause I, I hear you say you're 31, I'm 35. I think, you know, we were raised in like a similar time of like growing up. I did not see adults talk about their struggles at uh-uh. all very much. And like, so then when I had struggles, it felt hard mm-hmm. because I'm like, well, I guess I'm the only one having this. Yeah. Like, because everyone kept it so private and Uh I'm really grateful for, you know, this, this next generation. Cause I've gotten to watch, you know, I've been, I was a nanny for 11 years. I've gotten to watch a lot of kids like really grow up and Uh I've watched them like learn to advocate for themselves from such a young age. And like, I actually was just talking with one of my former nanny families like on zoom right before this and um the mom was telling me that she had heard this little girl is five and I started with them when they when she was nine months old oh I know and she was like she's like they were playing this girl and and her friend were playing the other day and the friend was like I don't want to do this anymore and they like got in kind of a little fight and like my nanny kid was like do you need time do you need space I can do that 
And the other little girl was like, yeah, I do. (laughs) My nanny kid goes, why didn't you just say that? (laughs) I love that. Yeah. So I, I think it's, it's honestly, what a gift to give to children to set that example of like, I have to go be in the bathroom for a while right now, you know, like, (laughs) yeah. And I'm not embarrassed about it. And like, it Mm -hmm. is what it is. And like, yeah. Or yeah, I'm not going to get up off the couch and chase you right now. Like, yeah, I I would love to watch you, but I'm going to be over here. (laughs) Yeah. Or like, I love playing chase. I just can't play chase right now. Or I don't love playing chase. I'm happy that you have something you love. Yeah. Cause sometimes it's like, there are people who can't play chase yeah. and I don't want to, I don't want him to think everyone plays chase when I say so at all times. Right. So sometimes I'll just arbitrarily say no, even when I'm feeling good. Um, cause I don't want him to think like he is the prince and I just do whatever he says. Yeah. <laughs> and that's good for, I mean, if you have a nanny family who wants that and they want you to jump and say how high and, and those kinds of things, like if that's the kind of caregiver that you want to be, that's fine. If it's not, then you right. have to do a lot of thinking and communicating with um, the family and other people in your life who can direct you, like, is this really what you want for your career at the moment? Mm-hmm. Um, but saying no and having them experience those negative emotions is so important because where else are they going to get it for the first time at school? Or like, do you want them right. to have practice that at home in a safe space? So yeah, it's all just the younger we start, the better the future generations will be and everyone will just be sick and cozy <laughs> when they that's need to the be. future <laughs> just need a nap you know that oh video of gosh. the girl who naps in the beach I nap right here I just yes. <laughs> right here yeah I also love the video of the girl who's like crying and the dad is like or the caretaker I, I'm not assuming uh <laughs> is like <laughs> It's like, you have to tell me, like, what do you need? And she's like, uh, we could watch Fraggle Rock. That has music. <laughs> <laughs> and have a snack, maybe peanut butter and jelly, whatever you oh, want. Oh, yeah, yeah. Have a snack. I love that. Yeah. Some, and sometimes we don't know. And it's okay. Right. Yeah. I just, I, I think that, like, feeling bad because, oh, another thing that I didn't touch on, but is super important. Um is I, I, I'm not going to lie. I call off quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and I call off more than obviously I want to. Right. Um, and some days I'm like, I could do it. I'll, I could do it. I just have to get there and then I could do it. Cause I'll be chill. But if I don't feel safe to drive, yeah. I can't go. That's it. I can't go. Right. So that's a boundary with myself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the boundary of like, and, and telling them I can't drive. Um, I could Uber, uh, it'll be quite a while. I could do that. Um, so let me know if you have something super important today. Um, and sometimes that answer was yes. I mean, I've never had to Uber, but sometimes I felt safe enough to drive, but then they're like laying on the couch all day if you need. Yeah. And like finding that middle ground with your nanny family is super important. Um, but, but not feeling bad because you're sick 
right. is such a struggle that I'm still working on. But because you're sick, you're not choosing. No one wants to be sick. No, that one d- woke up and they're like, I want to be sick. And then also inconvenience my bosses. Yeah, <laughs> Nobody wants to do that. Right. So like equating sick to bad, just we have to like keep talking about it and keep spreading that word that that is not the same thing. Right. Um, and there's so many ways that you could twist this and and still be a good caregiver yeah. um, and a good person and a good friend and partner and not beating yourself up. All of these things are way easier said than done, but we just have to keep doing the work and spreading that word and making people know that that's normal. Yeah. Yeah. I have actually started like eliminating lazy from my vocabulary because I don't Uh think that that word actually, I don't think anyone is actually lazy. Right. I think that we are trying to meet our needs (laughs) and we have borrowed too much from our future selves by Uh pushing through And so when you are feeling quote unquote lazy, it's that you're paying that back debt for how much Uh you've pushed through. Um, So for me, that was like a good kind of journey for myself to be like, when I am thinking I'm being lazy, I need to rework that in my vocabulary, in my brain, you know, and that's helped Uh by like, Whenever I hear myself use that word being like, well, no, actually what's actually going on here. And usually it's I'm getting rest that I need or that person is getting rest that they need or whatever it is. Yeah, the the human body and the brain and emotions are so incredibly complicated. So to (laughs) to boil something down to lazy is is like disrespectful to the the wonder that is what makes all of us tick. And so I, I like to think of it like um, that video game, the Sims. Yes. And for anyone else who's never played your person going about your daily life and you have like an icon floating above you and it's green. If all of your needs are met and it starts to turn yellow and then red um, as you don't get those needs met, they're going to the bathroom, their comfort, their entertainment, they're taking a shower, all of those things. Um, but if one of them is not doing well, your icon is, it goes way down. So like, you're only as strong as your weakest element. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then sometimes people do have to borrow, but I read a book about laziness. Um, I can't remember, I can't remember if it was called the laziness lie Mm. or if it was just called laziness does not exist, but it was either called one or the other of those. And it was awesome. It was a whole book like validating. This is what people think laziness means. And, and that's not what it is. It's usually something else. Um, so I've just started using it like, like cozy, like, Oh, I'm let's all get lazy on the couch. Yeah. I'm taking back the night. Yes. Yeah. It's just so being alive is so interesting and delicate and exciting. And like, what is it if not this crazy thing that we want to learn more of? Yeah. And I, I just think expression and, and figuring out who you are and how that feels good to you to be and learning how to say no and learning how to say, yes, I want to do more of that and not feeling bad. Right. It's just like, 
we, yeah, I mean, giving that, it was really nice when you said that that was a gift to give to children because I, I was lucky to have that. Um, and I know that so many people didn't have that and I, I'm happy to be that for someone. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of books, you bring up a book pinged one in my brain. Cause you know, I love books. Um, yeah. <laughs> if you listen to this podcast, you know, I love books. Um, yes. <laughs> the body is not an apology, um, which is Ooh. about radical self-love that is has been really helpful for me and I imagine it would be even more helpful for someone who has a chronic illness because the whole thing is like you don't have to love your body like there's gonna be times where your body Mm -hmm. like makes you mad or like frustrates you or makes you feel sad and like you know like and honoring all parts of that and just like continuing to choose to love yourself even Mm -hmm. when you feel frustrated with how your body is functioning I think is really hard to do and that book was helpful for me in those ways um because I think I correct me if I am wrong but I think part of having a chronic illness is feeling so like out of control like the autonomy over your body uh-huh. Like, that's that stinks like <laughs> yes I was looking for a pen to write that down the body is not an apology yeah um yeah I would love to read I'm a big reader as well I would love to read it and I have a really long commute so I can listen to things on audio and I go through like 16 books a month <laughs> yeah the uh um, the Chicago Public Library for sure has it on audio oh wonderful yeah um Yeah, I feel especially um, we also have been trying to conceive um, Mm. and we hit a year mark and it's not working. Um, And so there are a lot of there are definitely a lot of times when my body is just not working and I have something planned. Sometimes I have a ticket to go to something. Sometimes it's work. Sometimes it's like something relaxing, but I have no energy to do it or I need to be sleeping or whatever the case, like in the summer, I like to go sit outside. I can't do that with a migraine Um, or I need sunglasses. It's not the same. (laughs) Yeah. It's not the enjoyable experience you're after. Yeah. And I can't have it. And it's so frustrating. Like, what did I do to deserve this? And the answer is nothing. Nothing. it's just how it came out like a fruit a fruit that's a weird shape a red pepper that's a weird shape (laughs) it's just how it is and we have to figure out how to make it work for us and the other thing I think is is guilt that it's not in quotes that bad um because I'm super guilty of that um because some people have it so much worse and they're in the hospital when they have a migraine and whatever it is. Um, but if it's that bad for you, it's that bad. You're not right. in a competition of who has the worst migraine, which would be, right. no one would show up. <laughs> <laughs> they all have migraines. <laughs> that wouldn't even exist, right. but there's no competition. Removing that from that situation and trying not to judge yourself because you have to be in this body that you think is messed up all day. So like, figure out how to communicate with it in a way that doesn't come back to you and hurt. Right. Um, yeah. All of it is we. I mean, I feel like we could just talk forever about it, but 
it's important yeah. to to be gentle with yourself and find those books and resources that confirm that for you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I will say, even if you do not have a chronic illness, uh, the body is not an apology is a fantastic read. Like good. I can't it, wait. It's so good. I originally heard about it uh on Brene Brown's podcast. So Ooh, okay. I feel yeah. like anything from Renee Brown's podcast <laughs> is like a pretty good direction to go in. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. So yeah. Um, but I also I I would love for you to send me the name of the book you mentioned, like when the you lazy find one. It. Yeah. yeah, I'll find it. I'll find okay, it. Okay, great. And I'll put both of these down in the <clears throat> show notes. So they'll be down there for you all. Um okay, we'll cool. have a little bibliography <laughs> down yeah. in the show notes. <laughs> Yeah, Um, that's, that's great. I mean, I think like, and for people who aren't readers, you could do it on audio or if you just were to type that in, there's a, or I think Goodreads has like, if you like this, you would like something else. Yes. Um, and if people like to be lazy slash cozy on the couch and watch something, there's like, it's, I keep like mentioning this, but it's people like us who are making these things, putting them out there because, when we were growing up, I think it was cheesy. Like the self-help section was cheesy and no one was talking about like, Oh, what are you reading? Wow. I'm, I'm reading this really powerful self-help book. We'd be like, what a loser. Right. Right. (laughs) But now it's normal. And like, that's how we progress as society and get more comfortable with ourselves. And it's exciting to see where it will go. And I'm happy to be part of of forming those children who are going to yes. go on and do those things and be happy and comfortable and set boundaries. And yeah, it's just, it's great to be a part of. It is. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love it so much. Yeah. So this conversation has made me think of uh, this cute story, which I might've told on the pod before, but deal with it. Um, <laughs> I've been on for five years, whatever. So I was, um, when I, I was nannying and my two boys that I had at the time loved playing with Legos and they, like, we would spread them all over the ground and just like sit and play Legos forever. And I was having some back pain and I did not, it did not feel good for my body to be down on the ground with them. And so Mm -hmm. I said, my back is feeling achy and like, I'm going to just sit up on the couch and watch you all build kind of like what you were talking about. And then like a week later, uh, my little guy was like, Marfa, is your back still itchy? (laughs) I was like, what? It took me a minute to like figure it out. I was like, itchy. I was like, when did I say my back was itchy? (laughs) Thank you for asking. I was like, it's not right now. Thank you for asking. And then he was like, can you sit on the floor and play Legos? And I was like, oh, you got itchy and achy mixed up. Oh, cute. <laughs> I was like, no, my back is not aching anymore. Like it doesn't hurt. We can sit on the floor and play Legos. Oh, that is so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, my cat has come to say hello. No, Honest cat is so stinking cute. What is your kitty's he, name? He's new. His name is Scuba. <laughs> you his name was his name was Kuma, and I didn't like that, and um, I wanted it to rhyme, so he didn't nice. get confused. 
Um, yeah, I think, I think last, last time I had a flare up of what we believe is endometriosis. Um, I have this pain under my ribs that feels like a really bad running cramp. Mm. Um, and sometimes I, I can't come in, but sometimes I'm in and I just can't, I can't twist or laugh or cough or like, I, I can't do really anything. I'm very boring. Um, but I realized I was trying to explain to the three-year-old, like, oh, I can't do, um, we like to, he calls it keepy uppy from uh, Bluey. Yeah. It's not, we're just like throwing a ball all over, but he, he calls it keepy uppy. But I was like, I am disappointed. I'm feeling disappointed because I can't play keepy uppy with you. I would love to play keepy up with you. And I'm a little sad that I can't, but I have a boo-boo right here and I, I can't really move right now, but when I can, it's going to be so fun. Yes. (laughs) We are going to play like we've never played before. And then again, like following through with that and then when I did feel better it was like guess what baby <laughs> we're gonna play keepy uppy time yeah it's keepy uppy time and like he might not even remember so um I like to take a lot I mean tons of videos and so I'll take a video of me saying that hey don't feel good next time we'll play and I'll show him that and he'll be like oh yeah you couldn't play and now you can so it's like all of those things are they're not hard to do you know like hyping them up and they're free yeah. <laughs> and they're they're not hurting your illness because it was at on your time and at your comfort level and then if it flares up again you say like oh no it got me I have to lay down <laughs> we gotta lay down keep you up as lava <laughs> Yes. Oh, yeah. Make it silly. I love yeah. that so much. Yay. Good. Aww. You can take it. Thank you. <laughs> you can tell people about it. <laughs> awesome. I'll broadcast it. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Um. Well, Anna, this has been fantastic. You'll have to come yeah. back on. Yeah. Um, and I really appreciate you taking time to talk with us about this because it is something that like the more light we shine on it, the better literally everyone is going to be. Yes. So because it's not going anywhere. <laughs> it's not going anywhere. Yep. exactly. Exactly. Yay. Um, and thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you next week. The Compassionate Caregiver Podcast is produced and hosted by Katie Anderson and Martha Tyler. If you'd like to support the show and receive bonus content, please consider becoming a Patreon member. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Compassionate Caregiver Pod and on Twitter at C Childcare LLC. To contact us, email hello at compassionatechildcare.com. As always, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.